Daniel. That was a lot of work, but he did a great job. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm pretty excited about what God is going to do for this fall, and uh, we're just looking forward to the, the new thing that God is doing. We're just wanting to just try to keep in step with the Spirit, and so I hope that you guys will fully participate and be involved in, in what, what the Lord is doing in our fellowship right now. C.S. Lewis said, when you start talking about the devil, we have two great dangers. He said, the first one is that we make too much of him, and then the next thing is that we make too little of him. And uh, over the last several weeks, we've been in this series on spiritual warfare where I hope that we haven't made too much of the darkness or of the devil, but that we focus more on our dominion, on our victory that we have in Jesus. And uh, we have been going through a kind of uh, what I would call a spiritual warfare boot camp. Anybody ready to get out of boot camp? Well, so today is our, it's going to be our last uh, uh, week. Now I'm tongue-tied. This is going to be our last uh, message on spiritual warfare. And over the weeks, we've been talking about things like having a mindset for the battle. We've talked about the, how, how that we're involved in and engaged in angelic warfare. We have also looked at the devil and how to overcome him specifically. We've uh, talked about our spiritual armor being armed uh, for the battle, for the daily battles. Last week, we talked about our firepower, our weapon of mass destruction in uh, talking about prayer. And today, I want to conclude this by dealing with this subject, your assignment. This is the, the message I want to bring to us today in Storming the Gates of Hell. I want to talk about your assignment in the warfare. In the military, every soldier receives an assignment, a place, and a position of service. In the same way, we who have been enlisted in the army of God have an assignment as well. Now, the essence of this assignment is the same for all of us, and it's unchanging, namely, that we're here to lift up our Lord and King, Jesus Christ. That's all of our assignment. Now, where we serve or how we do that and where we do that may vary. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today because we all kind of have different assignments in the way that we carry out the work and the ministry of the Lord. And so the question is, as we get going here today, is... How well am I serving? And another question, maybe even more specific to that, is am I a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I a good soldier? And where I want to start with is I I want to kind of go back into Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, and then we're going to go over to 2 Timothy. So let's look at what Paul writes in Ephesians six eighteen, he said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Verse 19, Pray for me that utterance may be given to me 
that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And in that verse right there, he's saying, I am an ambassador. Pray for me because I want to be able right where I'm at in the battles that I'm facing to preach Christ and to share the message of the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm an ambassador in chains. And he's not talking about a gold chain around his neck. He's talking about the chains of imprisonment. I'm in jail right now. I'm in lockdown right now. Pray for me that I'll fight the good fight of faith in this limited place that I'm at. Right? Come on out there, right? So keep that in mind. Let's flip over to 2 Timothy, if you would. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is writing to Timothy now a few years later, who is at this time pastoring in the church at Ephesus that he's just written to. And he's writing to Timothy, and he says, You therefore, Timothy, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And then you skip down to verse 8, and he goes on and he says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Can somebody say praise the Lord? They can chain me, but they can't chain the word of God. Hallelujah. I love that. That's a, that's a, a mic drop moment if there ever was one. Verse 10, he says, And therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect. I go through what I go through... For those who have been elected by God, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That's the reading of God's Word. And uh, we're going to talk about our assignment in the Lord in this battle that we're in. Father, thank you for your presence here today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just help me to go right where you want me to go, say what you want me to say. And I just pray, God, that we would hear your word, receive your word, and be changed by it. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. 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 Well, recently I've heard some, a couple of disturbing statistics that I just want to share with you real quickly. The other day I was watching a pastor that I like to watch on on YouTube. His name is Jim Cimbala. He pastors uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle in uh, New York, and he was relating a statistic that he came across that said that there are presently right now uh, about 20% of all the pastors in the United States, they, they, people who do this kind of research have kind of uh, come up with this discovery that I hope is not true. About 20% of all pastors right now in the United States of America plan to get out of the ministry when COVID is over. That they won't do it right now because that would be too hard on the church. 
And, uh, but they, what they're going through and what, what all of this has been, how difficult this has been, a lot of them want to get out of the ministry. And I can say, I can just say that I can identify with some of that feeling. Then Michonne was relating to me a statistic that she heard that is out there as well, that they are estimating that about 20% of the churches in the United States, of which we got about 300,000 churches in the United States, that 20% of them, they predict, will not survive the COVID pandemic. That's a significant number of churches when you consider 20% of 300,000. And then you add to this some recent, uh, well, I I guess I would call them church influencers, worship leaders, ministry leaders, people who've written books, well known for have written, writing books in the, in, the, in the kingdom of God, have come out just recently publicly disavowing the faith, no longer calling themselves Christian, basically saying that it's all a farce, that I don't believe this, this isn't true. And this is really just an ongoing trend of something that's been going on in the kingdom of God over the last 20 years. There's a study that's been put out by Barna Research Group that says that they, it, it talks about um, practicing Christians. A practicing Christian is someone who calls themselves a Christian They believe strongly in the faith and they attend church at least once a month. In the year 2000, practicing Christians made up 45% of the American population. As of 2020, practicing Christians make up 25% of the American population. Almost nearly cut in half from what it was 20 years ago. And I'm just pointing these things out because there are a lot of Christians by these numbers and by these statistics that have gone AWOL. They are absent without leave. And many of these people once held an assignment. They were once held a position. They once held a place. They were once fighting the good fight, but not anymore. And you might say, well, many of them probably weren't Christians to begin with. That may be true, but that's certainly not true of all of them. And so this brings us back to the Apostle Paul, who, who was, uh, he knew what his assignment was. He was He was assigned to be the apostle to the Gentiles to bring the gospel message throughout the known world of that time. And everywhere he went preaching the gospel, and establishing churches, Satan would oppose him by whatever means that he could. And among them, Satan would have Paul put in chains, put in prison. 
And as we know, he thought that he was going to, by putting Paul in prison, that he was going to stop the gospel message from going out. But he could put Paul in chains, but he couldn't keep him from sharing the truth about Jesus Christ. And so wherever he was, Paul... He didn't, and what, what was so interesting here as we read in, back in Ephesians is that he prayed, he said, church, pray for me that where I'm at in these chains and in this place of bondage and in this place of lockdown, pray for me that I have the boldness and the courage and the grace to do what Jesus has called me to do. I'm on assignment. This is my assignment. Notice he didn't pray. Pray for my release from prison so I can get back on my assignment. That's not what he asked. He said, pray for me that while I'm in these chains, that evidently what the enemy meant for evil, God has a greater plan and a bigger purpose that in the natural eye we can't see, but God is up to something here. I'm on assignment. We're always busy trying to get out of our troubles and God's trying to bring us through our troubles and give us victory right, right where we are. Your assignment may not be the glorious thing that you thought it was going to be, but it's your assignment. And it's how the Lord gets the glory in the earth. And this is why we have to be on assignment. And I just want to, I just want to come back to you today and ask you, are you, how are you doing with your assignment? You're like, what assignment? I don't even know what my assignment is. Well, let me tell you something. You better find out because the battle's on. You better get to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, what is your will? What are you calling me to? Where do you want me? How can I serve you? How can I serve the kingdom? How can I be the most effective in the world today? The battle's raging. The war is on. There's no time for us to do the minimum in the kingdom of God. We need to give our all and we need to give our best to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are at war. And I want to remind you, we're not at war with the Democrats. And we're not at war with the Republicans. And we're not at war with the Communists. And we're not at war with the Socialists. We're at war against the powers of hell. And our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Amen. So what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy, if you have your Bibles, you might want to open there and just kind of look at these scriptures. Let these words penetrate your heart because what Paul says to Timothy, I believe, serves for us as our marching orders to be good soldiers, to be men and women who are on assignment. So I see, as I was going through this and studying for this today, uh, this week, I, I see four things that a good soldier, that we must be about, that we must be. And the first thing that I want to talk about today, as a good soldier, we must be Durable in the conflicts of life. Everybody say durable. 
Durable means we've got to be sturdy. We've got to be tenacious. We've got to be like Duracell batteries. Long lasting. Hallelujah. Paul says right here in verse 3, You therefore, Timothy, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of the cross. If you are going to be a good soldier in the kingdom of God, if you're going to serve your assignment well, let me just tell you right up front, you're going to have to put on some moxie. You're going to have to put on some grit. You're going to have to put on some endurance. Because I want to tell you something, living for Jesus is one of the greatest things you can ever do, but it can be very, very hard. Come on. It can be strenuous. It can require so much of you. You're going to have to have endurance because you will Run up against hardship on all kinds of levels. You could be serving in, in what seems to be just simple little ministries. But I want to tell you, people drop out of the ministry like flies. Why? Because the activity itself is hard? No, but because the warfare behind it all is hard. Satan doesn't want us loving and serving and helping and growing He wants us to get discouraged. He wants us to get frustrated. He wants us to get upset. He wants us to get our mind off of the, what's really going on and, and on the problems of things. And so we, and it just gets really hard. It gets so hard. You just don't want to do it anymore. And it's physically not that demanding, but sometimes it can be physically demanding. You have to endure hardship. If you're going to be a good soldier, you got to go through it. No, listen, when he that word endure hardship literally means you got to be willing to suffer affliction. That's what that word really means. Suffer affliction. No soldier goes into battle hoping to get afflicted, but I got to tell you something, it comes with the territory. It comes with it. Ministry is not all glory. It is not all glitz. It's hard. Come on now out there. Am I talking Am I talking up here or what? It's hard. Anybody can walk away. Not everybody can stick with it. There are three kinds of soldiers. There's the compromising soldier who's constantly rationalizing their level of commitment. I just don't know. I just don't know if I can do this. I just don't know if I can follow through with this. They're rationalizing away their commitment. That's a compromising soldier. Then there are the quitters, the deserters, those who run away because the going gets tough. But then there are the faithful, the durable, where no assignment is too difficult. They they stick it out no matter what. And I just want to say something. If we're not willing to endure hardship, we'll not accomplish much for the Lord. Thank you for that amen back there. 
That was a victorious amen. I'm telling you, if we don't have some stick to it, we're not going to accomplish all that we say, Oh, Lord, do great things through me. Well, you better stick it out. Is this okay? It's too late. This is what I got. If we want to make an effect in the earth, if we want to bring honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to have to stick it out. Amen. A durable soldier stays ready for the conflict. You don't know when, you don't know how, but you know conflict's coming. And you're ready for it. Not that you look for it, not that you hope for it. Certainly we don't pray for it. But we're ready. We're not, we're not unaware. We know how things go. We, we bump up against each other. We're ready. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for society. I'm ready for the news. I'm ready. I know what's coming. Amen. We're not easily, a durable soldier is not easily discouraged by the careless actions of others or the woundings of others. You know people are going to wound you. You know people aren't going to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. You know you're going to get wounded. You know you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's not going to say something. Amen. But a durable soldier won't back down. And here's another thing. They won't allow the casualties laying all around them to make them quit. Even though the numbers are dwindling in the United States of America of, of, of people who are what they call practicing Christians. That doesn't, that doesn't dissuade a good soldier. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. With Jesus, let me tell you something, with Jesus... Everybody loves Jesus, right? Everybody likes what Jesus says. Here, here's what Jesus is saying. It's all or nothing. That's your, that's your Jesus. It's all or nothing. Praise God. Are we okay out there? As a good soldier, as, as a good soldier we must be durable in the conflicts of life. Number two, we must be disciplined in our conduct. Paul said, going back to what Paul said to Timothy, he said, no soldier engaged in a warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. No, listen to those words. No soldier engaged in a warfare entangles, enmeshes himself, gets tied up into the affairs of this life. You know, no, no soldier in the military... They don't lead a normal life. It's not a nine to five job with them. It's 24 seven. It's their whole life. They're always on duty and their life is not their own. Listen, their body, their skills, everything belongs to the military. And even when they're on leave, they are always subject to being called back at any time. Come on. A soldier gives their life for the cause. Well, we're not, we're not just giving our life for the cause. We're giving our life to the Christ. 
the Lord of glory. We're not just living out a mantra. We're living for the Lord himself. And Jesus taught this kind of total renunciation of all selfish interests. Do you remember that time when he said, he was speaking to about discipleship, and he said, what king would ever go to war and not yet first sit down and really determine, do I have what it takes to finish the battle? Do I have everything in order? Am I willing, do, am, am I willing to go to the, the, you know, to the farthest extent to, to finish this battle? And then right after that, he said these words in uh, Luke 14.33. He said, so likewise, whoever of you does not, look at the words, does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. You can't go to war with the Lord in spiritual battle and keep holding on and be entangled in the affairs of life. Though they are not evil, not all things in this life and all the affairs of our lives are inherently evil, but they can't run our life. Jesus is the Lord of our life. We make mistakes. We put the Lord on the back burner because of all the affairs and all the things we've got to take care of. I got to do this. And, you know, after all, this is important. Well, it's important, but not more important than the Lord. Amen. I, I want to I remind you, Paul is writing 2 Timothy to Timothy, who probably, to be honest with you, was being tempted because of his own demonic warfare and the things that he was struggling with in the ministry there at Ephesus. He was, you know, maybe, he was probably, you know, like, who needs this? I don't need this. I got other things I could do. I can occupy my time in other ways. And Paul's like, wait a minute, you're on assignment, my friend. Amen. Am I, I, is this making any sense to anybody? I got to tell you, there have been times that I could feel like I could do better things with my time too. But you can't do what you can't do when you're on assignment. And a good soldier leads a disciplined life. You know what that means, a disciplined life? It means you lead a regimented life. It means you live a, listen, self-controlling life. You just don't let yourself go off and just do whatever yourself wants to do. Yourself could be your biggest enemy. You control yourself, young man. Amen. You regiment your life in a certain way and you do life in a certain this is how you this is how you do what God's called you to do. And you stick with it. And that's what you do. Because that's your assignment. Your assignment isn't my assignment. My assignment isn't yours. But when whatever your assignment is, find out regiment your life to that. Control yourself in fulfilling that. And let nothing dissuade you or pull you off course to what God has called you to. Amen. 
how would it be if every just now and again I, you showed up to church and Tim didn't show up? And I just thought, oh, I'm just going to take Sunday off. You know, I'm just not going to show up. And that just happened every now and again. I just didn't, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. And nobody knew. And I mean, I would not be fulfilling my assignment if that was my attitude. My assignment is that I have to be here. I must be here. It's a part of what Jesus has called me to do. And I'm not saying that in a sly way to try to get you feel condemned about not being in church. That's not my point. My point is, this is my assignment. I don't get the weekends. I work weekends. That's my assignment. I said yes to the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. I can't do it any other way. And we need to have the same kind of conviction where we serve the Lord in our lives. Amen. Come on, amen. What I'm trying to say is that we, when we get entangled, we're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be distracted. And you know what distractions do? Distractions pull our, our focus away from the eternal to the temporal. That's all distractions do. They get our minds and our souls and our emotions on things that are going to pass away. And it also what happens, distractions, here's what distractions do. They, it, they weaken our resolve to get back to our assignment. I can't tell you how many, peop- how many times Christians have gone off grid spiritually. Oh, I'll come back. I just got to go do this. And they got off grid. They stayed off grid. They built a house off grid. They're not tied up to anything. And now they can't get back because their soul isn't in it. And it also distractions weaken the army of God. Weakens the whole army of God. Because if enough of us get enmeshed in earthly affairs, our effectiveness as the church can be neutralized in the earth. Here's what, here, our, our, our thoughts, I love what Paul said in, in Acts 20, verse 24. This should be, this is my life's verse, I believe. Paul says, But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God. Hallelujah. None of these things move me. The affairs of life, they don't move me. My mission is to finish my race. Amen. Number three, as a good soldier, we must be dedicated to the commander-in-chief. Here's what he said. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
No one engaged in a warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Listen to it. That he may please him. Everybody say, please him. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. That gets to my, that gets to what, what's the motivation of my heart. Is that I'm not in the battle because I'm trying to earn a medal. I'm in the battle because Jesus called me. He signed me up. He saved my soul. And he called me to himself. Amen. And so Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, hang in there. Fight a good fight. Please the Lord with every ounce that you have to give him. Make sure that Jesus is pleased with your level of service. Make sure that Jesus is pleased with your commitment. Please the Lord with your follow-through. Amen. Our number one priority as a good soldier is to please the Lord and to give Him all the honor that He is worthy of out of our lives. Remember who enlisted you. It was Jesus. And Paul, when Paul said later in verse 8, when he said, and remember Christ, remember Christ, if you remember that, he said, and remember Christ. And remember what Jesus did for you, how he fought a good fight for you, how he went to the battle of Calvary for you. In other words, he hasn't called you to fight in any way that he hasn't already fought himself. He fought a good fight for your and my salvation. He gave his life's blood so that we could be eternally saved. And so why wouldn't we then turn around and fight a good fight for him? To bring him honor and to live a life that's well-pleasing to the Lord. Dropping out of ministry, not sticking with my assignment, not fighting a good fight, that doesn't please the heart of the Lord. Jesus fought well for us. We should do no less for him. Pleasing him, I looked up some scriptures. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about Pleasing the Lord. Did you know that? There's a lot of them. Do a Bible study on that. Go look them up for yourself. Study all the various places. You know how we please the Lord? We please the Lord when we love Him above all others. Here's what the Father said to the disciples one day in the hearing of their ear in front of Jesus and in front of a crowd of people that were there. The voice of heaven came and rung out and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You listen to Him. We need to, we need to be animated by 
and driven by our love for the Lord Jesus, as Paul said, whether absent or in the body, that we are well-pleasing to Him. Living a life that is well-pleasing to Him, motivated by love. We please the Lord when we believe Him without doubt and without reservation. Hebrews 11 and 6 says to us that without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone who believes in Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder. God is not pleased by doubt. God is not pleased by people who don't really trust in the Lord. That doesn't please Him. Amen. Is this okay? We're just, we're, you know, Paul said, he said, listen, you got to please him who enlisted you. Here's another thing. We please the Lord when we fear him. When we revere him. When we fear the Lord so much that not only do we revere and honor him, but we will restrain our own actions and activities because we know the Lord's looking on. Come on. Here's a verse of scripture for you. It's found in Psalms 147, verse 10, verses 10 and 11. It says, And God does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of men. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. When he says there, when he talks about the horse, he's talking about God doesn't find pleasure in the strength of a war horse, nor does he find pleasure in the legs of foot soldiers. That's really what the idea there is, talking about warfare. But in the midst of your war, where he finds pleasure is in people who fear him and believe and know that he is a merciful God and a good God, and he's going to give them the victory. And so they will keep their eyes on him and fight with him and for him. Amen. Here's one other thing that pleases him, pleases the Lord. When we obey his every command, that pleases the Lord. You don't have to have a special interest group and discuss whether or not this is a good idea. You just do what he says. And when he comes to you and tells you to do something, and he tells you to do this and go there and sign up for this and fulfill this, you do it. You say, well, I got other things I could do. Everybody's got other things they could do. Hallelujah. You obey the Lord. I love what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 say. Paul wrote, he said, just as you received from us instruction, basically what he's referring to there. Just as you received from us how you, listen to these words, how you ought to walk and to please God, for you know what, here it is, commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Nobody likes to hear the word commandments in the new covenant. Well, I got news for you, it's there. Hallelujah. I'm really having fun up here. Are you guys having fun? 
You please the Lord with your obeying his commandments for your life, for your call, for your purpose, for your assignment. Because I just want to remind you that disobedience, to put it in military terms, is insubordination. Just don't ever forget that. To disobey is to be insubordinate. And the last time I checked, the scripture still holds where James said, Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Part of our victory isn't that we don't claim the blood of Jesus enough. Some of our defeat is because we're insubordinate and disobedient and not following through as we ought. Everybody say ought. That's in the Bible. We just read it, right? Turn, turn to your friend just say, I'm in the army now. Go ahead and tell him that. Number four, I want to finish this out. We need to be deliberate. We must be deliberate about completing the mission that God has given to us. Paul said that he suffered, he said he suffered trouble like he was somebody who caused trouble. He was out preaching the gospel, but they would take him and throw him in prison even to the point of chains. But he said, the word of God is not chained. This is what Paul loved. He's like, even though they throw me in prison, Satan thought he could chain, when he chained me, the messenger, he could chain the message. But he couldn't. And he loved that. And that's what he said in verse 10. He said, therefore, I endure all things for the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You know what Paul is saying to us there? Listen, this is so important. He's saying, I'm not just out here fighting spiritual battles. I'm not just talking about spiritual warfare like this is how I get through to my next day and how I overcome in my own life. He said, my spiritual battles are about people who haven't even come into the kingdom of God yet. It's important for me to fight a good fight even while I'm in chains. Even when I'm at a place that I don't like because my victory here affects the victory in the culture around me and in the lives of people I don't even know yet. When he talked about the elect of God, he's talking about those who would choose or say yes to the message of Jesus Christ. Anyone who chooses Jesus becomes the elect of God. Hallelujah. Are you out there? I want to tell you something. Your battles, our bat, our, when we talk about spiritual warfare, we're not just talking about me getting through my struggles. We're talking about there's a, there's a war going on that Satan is trying to prevent us from being most effective. Having an effect on people that are not even in the game yet. They're lost. They're without hope. But how we go through the battle determines the salvation and the liberation and the victory of other people. Amen. It's not just about you. 
It's not just about me. So here's what we got to do. We need to stick to the gospel of Christ. I, I, gotta, I, I need to say this. In this season that we're in. I need to say this. Please hear my heart. We're not called to be politicians. We're called to be preachers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm an American. I love the American flag so much, I've made furniture and painted American flags on it. I made coffee tables with American flag out of Palo. I love the American flag. I am not here to wave the flag. I don't want to become communistic. I don't want our nation to become socialistic. But I, that is not my number one priority. My number one priority in these chains is that Jesus, that we wave the banner of Christ. That we lift Jesus up above all others. That we preach Christ and Him crucified. Paul sitting in prison. He's not praying for liberation theology. Get me out of these chains. Get me out of this bondage. Get me out of this slavery. No, he's saying, in the midst of this, give me power. Give me boldness. Give me courage to walk boldly and courageously into the dark. We need to stick to the gospel of Jesus and not merely to a kind of patriotism that makes us feel better about our nation. Because you can be real patriotic and still people go to hell. Come on. We need to suffer we need to be willing as a soldier to suffer now for the glory of God later. I want to show you these words in closing. Let's all stand together. Paul writes and he says in verses 11, 12, and 13, he said, this is a faithful saying. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. Come on, anybody, anybody up for that? Have you died with the Lord? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? If you died with Him in His death, then you will also live with Him in His resurrection life forever and ever, right? If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. If you'll stay in the fight, if you'll fight the good fight, if you'll stay in there, you're going... You see, right now, right now in this assignment that you have, you're in training for eternal reigning. Come on. And he says there, if we endure, we shall reign with him. But listen, listen, this is a warning. If we deny him, he will deny us. And then he goes on. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. In other words, if I deny him, he's still the Lord. He's still God. And he'll always be him, even if I don't give him the honor, because he can't deny himself. Church, we're in the battle, as the old hymn says, 
We're in the battle for the Lord and right. So keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, then surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. But if we die fighting, there is no disgrace. Hallelujah. Come on, I broke out an old church of God hymn there. We're in the battle for the Lord and right. Amen. Let's go out fighting well. Let's storm the gates of hell. Let's stay on assignment. Lord, we love you. You're so good. You're so wonderful. I praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we honor you. We want to be durable. We want to be disciplined. We want, Lord, to uh, be dedicated to you. We want to be deliberate in the mission that you've called us to, God. And I just pray, God, that whatever our assignment is, Lord, that we would stick with it, that we would not turn to the right nor to the left, but that we would keep our eyes stayed upon you, Jesus, and win. God, give us victories. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.